111. I know. Holy shit. We made it to nice. 111. That's Today, a lucky number. I know, right? One, one, one. It's really, really religious yeah. number, which, you know, doesn't really work so much for me. But for you guys out there, listen to this on your, you know, on the Lord's Day. The cross my something. I mean, the yeah. football's <laughs> over, so why not go back to church? Thank With God. that being yeah. said, we got Iron Taxi, a.k.a. Chris. And we got Big Bird, not associated with Sesame Street. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. I'm doing good. I am caffeinated. I woke up at six in the morning and went to my local donut shop where there's a bunch of old nice. people who believe in flat earth theory. And every time I go there, oh, they're nice. always in the middle of a flat earth debate. <laughs> well, to be fair, it is it is California, Southern California. So, right. you know, you got to have your crazies. Yeah. And then, you know, we had like the secretary, <laughs> like the normal homeless guy and homeless guys usually come in two flavors. They usually come in like chill and I'm going to stab you. And this guy was kind of in the I'm going to stab you category. So I just kind of like, you know, I was like, I'm going to go to this side of the counter because it's five in the morning and I don't really want to. Well, I guess the, right the important now. question is what kind of donut did you get? Oh, I, I got a few. So I'm a fan of maple bars, you know, the long maple ones, because I'm a fat kid at heart. And you know, you well, you're talking to a Canadian, that. so if we're talking maple, you know, well, God, yeah, we, could, we could do a podcast on just maple if you want. <laughs> you really could. You really could. And then, my, like, I just love maple, man. And my drink of choice was always, um, we call it a Canadian sorry, where it's um, ginger ale. <laughs> And Crown Royal Maple, and then you have to say sorry to your lung, to your, uh, oh, right, to your liver right. as you drink it. Right, <laughs> like, right, the, right. The right, longer right. you go out through the night, the, night, the more <laughs> fucked up you get. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Word 40 hands. You guys ever played Word 40 hands? No, no. Oh, Fuck yes. <laughs> you know what, that is? what is it? Maybe I'm too old for that. You get duct tape, and you duct tape 40s to your hands, and you're not allowed to remove said 40s until you're done, which gets really awkward when you got to take a piss. So then you really – you need a friend there. This You can't be flying solo as Edward 40 hands unless you're just like, fuck it. I, like, you know, you look at yourself before you leave the house like, I can piss in this. Let's do it. It reminds like, me – do you know the, do you know the wizard stick as well? I, I, yeah, the famous uh, wizard stick. I, that's hilarious. I just heard of the wizard stick. I would not be the wisest wizard. I definitely no the wisest wizard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We used to do Century Club, and when I was, I'm an older man, so which was a hundred shots of beer in a hundred minutes. My God. And and you and you have to like that's the pacing. So every minute you're taking a shot of beer, but it's a hundred shots in a hundred minutes, and that was our like end of end of high school like thing we did every year. I mean, you you were you you're old enough to be doing the century mark, but young enough to be marked from four loco. Because my God, oh man, I was oh. in college when that thing came on oh, yeah. the scene. Oh, God, <laughs> they were the real deal, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the worst part is the colorful colors on that can. Your puke resembles those colors. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Good times. But nothing is as bad as Sparks. Do you guys remember Sparks energy drink? No. It was an alcoholic energy drink, and we used well, to buy good. it at 15 because the person who would sell it didn't know it was alcoholic, so it would be fucked up like, <laughs> Perfect. in math class. <laughs> so you'd get sparked? Yeah. Let's get, fucking, get- let's get fucking sparked, man. Do you guys got the MXDs down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, seen that's, those. That's the, I, that's the new... 
All that shit makes me buzz, dude. I cannot drink it. Like one can of Monster, and I'm like having heart palpitations. Oh my god, like, I, I don't. I, can't. I, I love energy drinks. I just can't do them anymore. No, I me used neither. To be can't even touch them, especially the in the Red military. Bull, like, oh, all oh, yeah. of them, because in the military, you're 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 run by nicotine, energy drinks, and hatred of your chain of command. And when <laughs> I was, I used to drink so much of these. I used to get kidney stones. And it, it sucked. And the worst one yeah. I ever passed was I was in Iraq in a porta potty in like 130 oh, no. degree weather, and you're oh, like, shit. I could die any moment. Up, oh, giving birth. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty giving bad. birth through my right penis. I'm yeah. giving birth through my penis. This is. Amazing. And I was like, I was a medical guy. So then I went over to my other medical guys and be like, I just tore up my urethra, and they're like, Oh, yep. dude, let me see. Like. No, uh, <laughs> no. They'll do a little sounding. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna have to oh. check out that urethra. Oh, cool, man. God. Any just any uh, excuse to see one, you know? <laughs> should we introduce ourselves, maybe? Yeah, uh, yes, yes. See, th- this is okay. the fun of having a non-scripted <laughs> show. Is sometimes we go off topic. Sometimes we talk about '90s wrestling. Sometimes we get yeah, talk yeah. about getting fucked up. It happens. But anyway, we're today we're here to talk about Xville, and these are two of the main devs from said game now would you guys like to go over your roles in said game sure yeah yeah i'm i'm one of the lead developers um there's another lead developer roberto who's in italy so it's kind of getting late for him so he did not join us today but uh and then big bird is a community support rep so he kind of jumped on as soon as we went public essentially uh big bird jumped in and started helping us and he's just kind of be come in an official role community alpha testing all this kind of stuff and right. we've built quite a nice little community now eh, bird like around all these people yeah. and the streamers and stuff so yeah we're starting to get more help which is really nice like we're not having to do everything ourselves so right that's that's kind of the roles and my role my specific role is um environment world composition and then um everything else that's not programming that seems so, like a big task, especially yeah, with marketing. Like yeah, marketing, etc. Yeah, there's just so much that goes into games like that. Environmental stuff, trees, landscapes, simple things like mm. rocks and lap, mm-hmm. like making all that flow with map loadout, where you have to have points of interest, loot points, yeah, yeah. AI spawn points. To yeah. make that all flow majestically seems like a damn near impossible task. I was gonna say it's often it's often not majestic. That's the reality. <laughs> It's like, I would say almost all the time, like games I've worked on, ideally the game, the levels evolve, right. like you keep, you keep iterating. You don't stop, right? You don't stop right. and deliver. Even with yeah. the big established games, they're constantly changing the maps. Like, look at CSGO. They like, they move one building down. Like yeah, a yeah, yeah. You can't snipe yeah. mid on dust two and people lose right, the goddamn right, right. shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. They add a park bench or they move it slightly and yeah, it changes yeah. the entire dynamic of a map, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And then you see that in like games that also live in the looter shooter realm, like in Marauders or Tarkov, where people are used to exploiting one certain peak thing and then they change yeah. that completely. So as your role, are you kind of looking for those things that players tend to exploit, especially in an alpha state I don't know. to fix you know it what? before I, main release. I think Bird Bird probably has better input to that because coming from the testing side, how do you think our maps are kind of fit into that realm? Like how much well, how much important is positioning and stuff like that? Maybe not as much as other games, but I'll I'll you know, give us your opinion. Um, you know, I think it's it's very organic. Um just the randomness of what's going on 
on the map, uh, the random spawn points, the heli. Um, it's always in a different position. So you have teams that, you know, maybe starting kind of next to each other and wrap down to run into each other. You just kind of never know. Um, right. As far as exploits and stuff, we're still diving into that. We haven't really found mm -hmm. too much. Um, in the beginning, the pistol, you could basically auto-fire it, but, you know, we kind of put a stop to that. So yeah. all the everybody on the team, though, their input and everything has just been overwhelmingly good. Uh, yeah. Got a good group of guys that, you know, love first-person shooters, have been in competitive communities, and, and across from all games. Um, the amount of people that have been coming in, you know, from PUBG, Call of Duty, um, yeah, that's it's been just really a wide range of players, yeah, yeah. and they've all kind of added their own flavor and opinion right. to it, which is starting to really get the game to being a community game. You know, yeah, guys it's interesting. Involved. It's interesting too. It's almost like um, we're getting all these people coming in looking for something. Right. We're not necessarily providing that for everybody, but I find it interesting that people are really searching right now. Well, like a lot of gamers is, are searching. Yeah. Right. You guys' game kind of sits in a nice middle thing where it's like it's a milsim, but it's not yeah. like an armor level milsim. No. Every little thing is there. Yeah. It's like you have like the, the, the Fallujah game that recently came yep, yep, out. Yep. You have that squad base tactical thing. But the nice mm -hmm. thing is your guys' game is set into a place where a big chunk of your player base isn't going to be like, I don't want to play that because I don't want to, you know, trigger an event that I went through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the one thing that turned me off from that. I was like, I don't want to go back there. Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like the setting. So there's there's some yeah. fantasy you're saying, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I also like how this one seems to be a lot more squad based, a lot more tactical yeah, definitely. based. Definitely. Like yeah. games that are big in the setting, like a Tarkov. You could just mm -hmm. be a hatchet man. You could be a you could yeah. be a pistol yeah. runner. You could do yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, your success is usually better with a team. But I know people who refuse yeah, to run yeah. teams in Tarkov yeah. because they're yeah. like, "Oh my god, it's chaos!" But this one yeah. seems it's like a lot more slower, a lot more controlled, and a lot more Definitely. realistic in that sense. Definitely. And I think there's there's an element that you touched on there, which I think is really important: is we're very intentionally uh, encouraging accessibility to the game, and really. Xfil is more like a gateway drug to those harder milsim games. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, so that's why I said it's it's funny to me to see people coming from Fortnite, for example. Right. We we were talking to guys with the playtest once, and he's like, "Yeah, the only game I've ever played on Fort on PC is Fortnite. I bought a PC for Fortnite, so now I'm a gamer. So I don't even know what experiences I could go have." Right. So they show up with us, and then they're like, "Holy shit! I didn't even know this existed. And the I didn't fact know this that paradigm existed." So random adds to the replayability of a game. Like, how many yeah. times have you played yeah. a game that could be a great game? It's like I don't want to do X, Y, Z constantly. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. when I do this, this triggers. I do this, this piece of loot drops. It's yeah. nice to have that random. So as as game designers myself and especially roberto and myself it's it's nice that we align on this kind of naturally but i i'm a i'm an agent of chaos i i believe so i would take everything that happens in csgo and do the opposite that is philosophically right. how i believe so the idea I'm not right now landing this bomb i'm donating no, no. This yeah 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 exactly <laughs> it's like so anything that happens in xfil our goal is that the world the world or the environment is a living world or environment 
So right. the the best way I always describe it is think of all these vector lines coming in towards the objective. Every single time a round starts, and the vector lines are the teams. I want that to be random. I want that those lines that they're taking through the map to the objective, every single round, I want them to walk through territory they have never been through yet in the map and be like, have a, a completely different experience, you know? Right. So you don't really get that, like, what's that? What would you describe? What do you call that bird? Like Tunnel people get vision. so used. To, yeah. Well, they get so used to the map. They're not even thinking about it anymore. Well, yeah, that, you do the same thing in Tarkov, you know, when you spawn oh, in, you know where you're at and you know where other players real players And you know where are. you're going too, which is yeah. even worse. Like I just, right. that drives me insane. So I or think when philosophically you're like, oh, I'm, I got to yeah. do my shooter born. I'm going to get on this little rock and I'm going to play lot yep. lizard for fucking an hour. Yeah. So exactly. please somebody runs by. Gotta, See, gotta get my levels. Right. <laughs> it's like levels now, for what? Yeah. Another thing I have noticed about your game that sets it apart is you have like a dagger GPS system, which is great for the player, especially someone that's like a oh, GPS, yeah. like little oh, map yeah, you can yeah, pull yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Especially for people that are new to this scene who don't know how to get to certain things because, you know, in Tarkov, there's no hand holding. You just go yeah, in there yeah. and be like, where the fuck is Crossroads extra? Oh, I don't know. I guess I'll die. Like, it's cool to have that because in a real life scenario, you're going to go in there with some intelligence. They're not just going to be like, yeah, just, sure. you know, figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. It's almost kind of silly that a game wouldn't give you, like, if if, if your character's intelligent and we're right. assuming that you're an intelligent being, you know, to just dump you in there, it almost seems like you're, it's a little insulting. <laughs> it's it like, kind of is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of, in a way, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that literally, but you understand. So the idea, again, I mean, have how to uh, I, I would say having the GPS is actually a constraint in the sense that we Xfil in particular is largely built around that GPS. But having constraints is really healthy for game design. Right. Because now you thematically have an anchor that you always go back to. And in Xfil, it's that GPS. And that also plays into the squad, like team-based tactical play. Be like, mm -hmm. hey, you're the map guy. We all can't be looking at our like, you know, G phones. Yeah, yeah. We all Have our head down to the GPS. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't be playing Angry Birds. I got to keep my head on a swivel. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, be yeah. doing all that. So, with that in mind, is there other potential roles for people in a squad? Something like a forward observer who can call in a mortar strike. Absolutely. Someone like a medic-based person. It was that something that you guys so, wanted to implement or something that you yeah, thought about? Yeah, I'm going to actually this. flip that question because I have an answer, which Bert already knows, which is about more kit design and stuff like that. But okay. I'm going to flip the question back at you, Bert, and say what kind of roles have organically kind of happened as people just start playing out the alpha? Like what kind of uh, – you know what I'm saying. Like what kind of roles have people created for themselves? Absolutely. Um, one of the key components to the game is each team gets a drone. Um, that That's is very awesome. versatile. Um, you can zoom in with it. You have a battery life, so you do have to bring it back to, you know, keep it charged. You do have to keep an eye on the battery, but in the beginning with testing, the drone was kind of like not really utilized. Well, guys were just kind of going in there and shooting, but now we've kind of discovered with the amount of time that we've had, uh, the drone is the most valuable tool in your arsenal. Um, we have guys that have taken it to a whole new level to where, it is key for your squad. We have been doing ways where you, you have a drone and you find somebody, an enemy in the bush, you know, you fly around and bug them. 
And then, you know, maybe take the drone back to one of your players and then kind of guide your player to where that guy is sitting. We've also seen call outs where guys have been holding the corner and then the drone spots them up the hill a little ways. And then the drone operator is able to communicate where that enemy is. So it's kind of developed into a crucial aspect that teams are are utilizing almost every single time. Good, now. good and teams. Good teams are really yeah. utilizing it like. Yeah, you there's some talented it. pilots, man. Like yeah, there's some yeah. guys that are getting really good at it, and they fly around you like you know a fly, basically, and you can't shoot them down. Like they're that talented yeah, yeah, at yeah. flying, and it's yeah. kind of become like its own initial role that is mm-hmm. absolutely necessary. And I think I think teamwork also drives a couple roles that are like not a not expressly identified, and we've noticed that there's like there's a guy who pushes on point, and that just seems to happen naturally because you got a team of guys, right? Somebody's right. in front, but that uh, sorry, without even explicitly, you know, saying somebody's on point, that person gets into that role and tends to fill that role. There's the guy who has to go for the exfil or go for the Intel. Sorry. It tends to be certain people who like to play that role of the guy going for the Intel. We have That's a couple of guys. Like, yeah. we got wired that we play with and he just loves it. That's his bread and butter is like, I'm going to go get that Intel, you know, and he, yeah. he will, he will make that dash across the open space and not get seen and get the Intel and be gone before anybody even knows what happened, you know? Yeah. He just finds that window, that time right. when there's combat going around. He's like, okay, I can get it. Okay, now's the time. It. Yeah, exactly. But, he, but he also flips the script sometimes and he places, you know, the grenade traps. Like, so right, if right. it's, if he's there super early and he knows people are going to be coming, you know, maybe he'll set up a couple traps mm-hmm. in a certain spot. So he's able to get in there, grab it, you know, without setting off his own trap. Yeah. Um, but he's also waited, you know, for enemies to go up and try to grab yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Though the evolution from like a gamification side is we're we're gonna have role specific weapons. So we're right. gonna have a, de- a designated marksman rifle, um, a light machine gun, a grenadier. Probably, but the noob tube, as we called it in squad and PR, is like it's a very powerful tool. Yes, um, yeah. it breaks a lot of game mechanics because it's so accurate, right? Somebody with that noob tube can just take out a whole squad by himself from a bush. This um, is very true, but like they kind of deserve that if they're bunching up. Yeah, the one thing though in Xville is the camo works so well, like yeah. the camouflage is so pervasive. I need to be careful from a balancing point of view because that basically turns that guy into a Jedi. <laughs> it's like he's he's true. he's eighty meters away. Nobody has a chance of seeing him, and he's noob tubing across a valley. Right? That's like, what damn. makes it so difficult too is yeah, balancing yeah. realism with playability. Yeah, because yeah, you can't punish the players too much, right? Players will only take so much punishment, and we we debate that a lot internally because Tarkov is a great example where they just kick the player in the balls. Oh, I, I love that game, but it pisses me off, especially the arguments yeah, that people yeah, have yeah. about it. Like, oh, it's so cool that you need a heavy bleed, you need a tourniquet, and then they'll complain about like you know being able to jump with a full pack. Like, dude, if you have a tourniquet on your leg, you're not yeah. moving, you're not running, your leg is yeah. efficiently done. Like, and you're gonna whenever complain people about complain that. about fall damage, I'm like, have you ever jumped down two meters with sixty pounds on your back? Right, because like, if you haven't, shut the fuck up. My player should be in the NBA if he could jump 20 feet while wearing oh, a full I know, pack. I know. This is insane. And then you always get one guy who's like, no, I could do it. <laughs> I was like, well, I got 100 bucks. 
<laughs> so let's see it. Have at her. Get your camera so, rolling. Yeah. In your community, has it been fairly positive? Like none of that toxicity that you see with other games that have been going on for a long time. Would you say the community feedback and the community comments has been mostly positive, especially in like their critiques or like praise of the game? What are the critical critiques, do you think, Big Bird? Because I think that's fair. I think generally, you know, at this stage, usually most of the feedback is positive. But mm-hmm. right. I would s- the one that sticks out in my mind and I keep thinking about as a game designer is people have this very, I would almost call it a, uh, an unhealthy addiction to the Tarkov looting Cycle. Oh, it's gambling. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It, that's why yeah. I'm saying they get this like this real high off it. And I was like, that's not the video game. That is this other addiction right. cycle that this game has put into you. It has nothing to do with the game. You're, as you identified, it's the gambling cycle, right? Oh, my generation has been pumped full of serotonin ever since right. Pokemon right. running through tall grass hoping for something big <laughs> to hit. Like we have been – and now sports gambling is legal and people are going into massive debt. Like my entire generation generation lives and dies off of that i I guess i'm like i'm showing them and i'm saying well you know what i totally get it because i i played all those games and i understand that um but there is another way and we've proven it before there's tons of games squad is a great example where there is no reward the only reward is the teamwork that's it and getting surviving and accomplishing the mission and missions can be difficult based on you know all these random elements that we just talked about Mm -hmm. whether it be you know spawn locations whether it be taking a different route to said map whether it be you know crazy ai situations so touching back on the taking alternate routes have you guys uh, explored the like the potential of like mining high traffic areas sometimes in a map having it be random like oh there's a minefield there now or oh there's a mortar strike about to hit this particular area so mortar strikes just went in about a week ago so that's already a that's a new feature is the as a kind of hurry up mechanic in the games right um mortar strikes will actually come in and they're from the local forces so the idea is you've been in there with these you know your your special forces paramilitary guys causing a, a ruckus essentially so now the local forces are like what the fuck's going on right. so they're going to start bracketing you and they'll that happens now actually the host the server host can choose how uh what the trigger for that is time wise but is essentially there proficiency at- with said mortar different every rate like sometimes are they just super cracked and locked in or other times are they more like oh we know we're we're, we're fixing it up we're, we're getting so them lined the, in the mechanic right now is that they pick a random person in the map so it could be any of the operators in the map and they will within seven meters of their location that barrage when that barrage comes in it's coming in within seven meters of you that's guaranteed right and it's randomized of course so you get a you hear the tunk Tunk, tunk off map. And then you, you get a notification from talk, like your radio operator, like incoming rounds. And that you've right. got about what, 15 seconds after that, Big Bird? Yeah, 15, 20. You got 15, 20 seconds while that round is traveling to get the fuck out of wherever you are. Right. So, so it, it kind of helps move and rotate the field of battle. It's totally. Kinda- yeah. 
and it's worked there, really well. We, as soon as we put it in, we it's we it's doing its purpose. It's dead simple, and it fucking works great. Right. So that See, that randomization is also in the barrage as well. So that when the barrage comes down, it also has a random range for the round. So they could come in tight. They could come in quite wide. You know. So that will determine whether you get killed or you get damaged or you, or nothing. You know. Right. I mean yeah. that that's pretty much how like battlefields are living breathing elements. Yeah. So that's cool that it's developing in that way shape. That's form. the goal, man. That's the goal. The goal is that this is a sandbox living level that you are doing a mission in. So when you, you guys know? were first getting this off the ground, like conceptually, mm-hmm. like did has the game changed drastically from those talking points to like you know writing it down to like the physical what you're seeing on the screen and if so what has been the biggest evolution i think if roberto would here he was here he would tell you that he started this framework that we're using under the hood um about three years ago um and it was a game called one step ahead it was a different game it was called one step ahead and it was a, a big open map, like a six, four, six kilometer map, <clears throat> four or six kilometer map where um, one um, convict or a team of convicts is escaped. And then there's a team of police and stuff who are trying to search him down. So that was actually the original evolution of this framework. Uh, we did test that game mode internally at my other studio because I, I had already known Roberto at this time. Um, but it just didn't have the tightness of the cycle. There was like sometimes 20 minutes and nothing would happen. You'd just right. be like chasing convicts through a forest and they'd be ahead of you and you couldn't catch up to them. And to be you know? fair, there are certain games in the in this category of the looter, shooter, extractor that 20 minutes and nothing will happen to. See, the weird thing about gaming is you can have a great idea like that one because that sounds like yeah. a fucking awesome game. But yeah, you can yeah. put it out at the wrong time where like the yes. market's just yeah. not ready for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Or, you know, you could put that out and then have people see that and then make a million clones yeah. of it yeah. Yeah. to the point where you're like, oh, now the market is saturated. So, yeah, it, it's such a weird like roll of the dice, so to speak, because you never know what's going to hit, what's going to take off. 100%. And when is the right time? It's like having you, a kid. So I'm just got to do it as a businessman, like from a business perspective, it's all about de-risking. So you do everything in your power to think through all of those risk factors, timing, etc., and then right. you de-risk you de-risk them. You do whatever you can to mitigate that risk, and all you're trying to do is increase probability <laughs> that you're right. going to be successful, right? How so people who don't gamers who don't take do that the, plunge. Oh, it's incredibly scary. I was just talking to my one of my good friends about this recently. I was like it's a well, that's I guess, you know, to go back, it's incredibly scary, but that's why you de-risk Right. That's why you prove your game. The fact that triple A's launch with no like public facing testing is insane. They spend a hundred million dollars. Like Anthem was a great example that just bombed. They, they spent, I think it was three or four years, dude. And like $200 million on a game. They didn't test. The thing about triple A studios (laughs) is they have gotten me. They have gotten complacent. They think, oh, we have this name of, you know, input big studio name here. People will buy this game based off of that. And they don't 
change things. They don't make things dynamic. Like, look at Power World. Power World made a better Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah. Take away the guns. Like, let's just ignore sure. the guns, ignore all the breeding and slavery and all that other crazy shit that goes into Power World. They made I mean, nothing a wrong better- with breeding and slavery, but. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I meant so, in games, in games, in game, games, in Minecraft. My God! <laughs> but anyway, yeah. they made a better open world Pokemon game than fucking Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. And I don't know, like, the, if I think about the triple A's, yeah. though, I'm like being honest with myself. Okay, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the executives. I think the executive kind of tier in AAA is just too high now. It, they, they're not connected to the games anymore. Right. So they're making decisions purely. I had a, a very good friend of mine who used to work internally at EA in a very high level said, the best thing you can do is think of, think of AAAs as insurance companies where they're just trying to mitigate risk. Ironically, there's at an a, insurance company called AAA. Yeah. At a very high <laughs> yeah, level, right. at a very high level, all they're doing at the top level is trying to mitigate risk. It has See, nothing to do with the game. They also are answering to stockholders, which is a luxury. Yeah, well, that, you well guys that's who they're mitigating risk about. for. Yeah, and that's who they're mitigating risk for. That's how you get for. absolute dumpster fires like the original yep. adaptation of No Man's Sky, the original adaptation yep. of Cyberpunk. They put that out because they wanted it ready for Christmas season yep. so they yep. get the most things, but the game wasn't ready and they hyped it up so much. They, they then, shit their yeah. own bed. That's what yeah, they, they did. did. And they expected the player base to deal with it and almost be gracious somehow. Yeah, it's it's insane. And then you have like the big promotion deals, like IGN. Like, okay, I I didn't want to bring this 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 whole situation up because it's a fucking Mm. nightmare. But the day before, how many IGN promotions did IGN put out? For the day before, like you know, sucking that game off, and then it came off, and it didn't even last a week. And it was broken all hell to the point. So this is here's the reality. This based on what you were just saying before, I was going to make this point. I promise you, like Anthem is a great example where there was a subset of people inside that studio that knew damn well that thing was going to fail. Yeah, and this is the same with the day day before. There was a subset of people in that studio that absolutely understood that this thing was not what they believed. They had no voice for whatever reason. They're not able to, or you know, they're just either not able to or legally cannot. Right. And the execs are so detached, they don't understand that. See, that's the best part about being where you guys are. Like, yes, certain things are going to be more of a struggle because you're mm-hmm. working with a smaller team. You're working yeah. with, like, we you know, not an endless bank account, but. Mm-hmm. The buck stops with you guys. You're connected to your player base. You talk mm-hmm. to your player base. You get direct yeah. feedback from them. And Absolutely. the nice thing about being an indie studio is you have nothing to lose. You put something out, and who knows? It might like look at Dave the fucking diver. That yeah, game, yeah, yeah. that game was amazing. And nobody expected shit from it. It had no expectations. Yeah. And they put it out and it did great. See, mm-hmm. like you guys are in a really cool position as hard as it may be, because I'm sure like you guys are having crazy like workload, which brings eh, me to you my know what? Not, not really. So not. We're, we're used to, we're used to it though. Like we're it's it's how we roll. Right. So <laughs> you have, you have yeah. some experience gave game deving though, Chris. Yeah, He's, yeah. I, I have a I have about 10, 12 years, yeah. Right. So, so Big Bird, 
how long have you been like the main community guy and have you done this for other gaming communities or is this your force for foray as the front man yeah my story is kind of wild i i started off in squad i got really hurt at work right before covid so i was like "Eh, let's get back into pc gaming and i never had a discord didn't know anything about it and then kind of went in with easy company 506 who took me in and i started playing squad and getting involved in that community you know and then you get up in a rank and then you're an admin and you start seeing all that process and then sooner or later you're on a competitive team and running a competitive team in your own server and stuff like that so i've just been kind of a community guy i've just met and reached out to you know people from all over the world i think that's the one thing that i value the most from my situation is just all the people that, you know, I've played with and are continuing right. to come out and play. Um, so I'm, I'm just a community guy, man. I like showing up, playing video games with my friends. And I think I enjoy more when people have fun at these events and things right. go successfully and are ready to come back for, you know, another one. And so yeah, I, I think I, I don't want to like I don't. I don't want to let you downplay your contribution too much though, because for <laughs> for me and Roberto, he's a humble man. So uh, for me and Roberto having that connective tissue to like uh, just the everyday gamer, so to speak, right. um, yeah. big bird is a very natural communicator with those people. And he dovetails with, with everybody who shows up. I think I'm kind of like that too, but you're really like that. So for me and Roberto, having that again that connective tissue to the gamer massive massive help right and otherwise we're we're kind of we tend to get dug into what we're doing right and it's required focus as well to develop like you you detach so uh if we didn't have these guys like selflessly helping us connect with the community we wouldn't be where we are now yeah. Well, the, yeah, you, you need all of that. You need the drive. Yeah, you need all the, the ability stuff. to evolve. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen things where, so like a studio or somebody be like, I'm doing this like this. And even though it's been shown time and time again, that's not what people yes. want, or that's yeah. not going to work yeah. the way that they want, they're hell bent on doing it. Yeah. Everything else be damned. And then when it yeah. fails, they're like, what happened? And you're like, what do you mean what happened? <laughs> yeah. I've been telling you for months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think the one important thing, too, with what's going on with X-Film on the Discord there is everybody has a voice. You know, I, right. we, we reach out to every post, <clears throat> even the random people just showing up, you know, for their first date. They're always going to get an answer back. I, I think there's never right. been a comment on our Discord that has not gotten a reply ever. Yeah. Ever. Like, that's just not the way we are, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, and the one thing you should like to hit on is like, you know, there's not a lot of us. This is a two man developer team. I think people out there in the gaming world really get behind the small studios oh, that are yeah. doing it themselves and, <clears throat> you know, bringing out the best people around them. And I think the communities get behind that. I mean, look at BattleBit and Power. Those are two mm-hmm. games that were super small that are just doing great, you know? Yeah, yeah. And right. I think I'm a huge I'm a huge advocate. If you saw my my bank statements of Kickstarters and stuff that I've contributed to over the years, <laughs> it's too it's too way too high. I, I, like right. I shouldn't be doing that. But I don't. It's funny for me. It's almost like the equivalent of I don't know what do pe- what do people want to spend money on like right. loot boxes or mobile games. I'd much rather pump that into the indie scene. 
or like kickstarters and stuff like that right especially when you see the effort that we've touched on with AAA studios like it's Mm -hmm. so cool when you see something come up and be great like a battle bit like you just spoke of did battlefield better than battlefield you saw power world do pokemon better than pokemon Mm -hmm. so it's cool to see especially in the looter shooter field because when the AAA studios try to touch it, like the DMZ they put out with COD, like, this is the Tarkov killer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. Is yeah I love that. Tarkov. It didn't kill shit. <laughs> it, it felt like <laughs> the people who put that out never played a looter extru- like extractor right, ever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it's, it's just so cool that they all have their different flavors. And yeah. you guys are taking the things you like from those ones and you're implementing it into the mm-hmm. game. So – question going back a little ways like at what point chris Mm -hmm. iron taxi what game inspired you to be a game dev or did this just kind of happen were you working like some factory job are we going are we going all the way back well that's that's for you to decide man (laughs) you want to you want to give me like my 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 name is ishmael moby yeah yeah yeah. back in the in the first era of the era of ishmael the year of our lord yeah, <laughs> the great Lord looked down on our taxi and said, um, "The first, the the thing that started my drug addiction with world environment composition and development was the original Doom." Oh hell yeah! It, sh- it shipped with an editor. Okay. It was a line based editor, so you're making a 3D world with lines. So you had to basically, from an overhead view, you had to like draw a shape, and then tell it what height that would be at. So if you drew that shape and made another shape next to it and they had different heights, that's the starting of a staircase. And that's how you had to that's how Doom Worlds were built. That's fucking crazy. It's insane. But insane. it was so much to, to be able to load into your own level and see it, your own creation, and then be like, I made that, and then keep going. Um, and then it was something that was so specialized that nobody was doing at the time, I guess when I was, I was a teenager at that time, I was just like, I would describe it to people and they'd be like, what the fuck? That's wizardry. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you especially, a magician? Especially, especially <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like back then when it wasn't as totally. big as, yeah, gaming was not as big. Oh, then. it was super niche. Like, yeah, yeah. So right. I guess as ostensibly the reason I was able to do that is I, everything stems from getting hit by a car when I was three. Because I got hit by a car, it broke my nose, and I got okay. a settlement. I got a settlement from that, and they put it in a trust. And when I turned sixteen, I think I got the money. And I, I was a, I come from a very poor family. I walked down the street with my best friend with about four thousand dollars in cash in my jacket, as nervous as I'd ever been in my entire life. Right. And we bought a computer in cash, and I took that computer home and started learning you know, whatever happened afterwards. Um, so getting hit by a car actually is the beginning. It's crazy how something <laughs> yeah. so traumatic can lead to something so cool, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I would say to, to follow that, like into the future, it was dealt the Delta force series by far was the, like the linchpin or like the, the, the anchor stone of what really became my my love of of game development. When you say Delta Force, you mean Delta Force Black Hawk Down or no, which Delta, Delta Force Two? Delta Force. Okay. So land it was there was Land Warrior, there was Black Hawk Down, there was Delta Force One, and then Delta Force Two. Delta Force Two Two shipped with a um, and a scenario editor, and huh? you could make whatever scenario you wanted in the world, and you could put up a server on Friday night, and nobody had to download anything. They just logged into your server and they could play your scenarios. Hell yeah. 
And every every Friday night, I would put up taxis. I wasn't Iron Taxi at the time, but I would put up whatever my server. Right. And it got to the point where the same guys were showing up. And that's the first time that ever happened in my life. That was like, you know, before the internet almost. <laughs> like, And if yeah. somebody picked up the phone in my house, it would disconnect my server and I'd fucking oh, scream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, They'd pick the up fucker. the phone and then you'd hear robots <laughs> fucking for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I used to like have a sign. I'd notify my family that my server is up so nobody could use the phone for like three hours at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. and Too funny, right? But nostalgic. anyway, that's, that's how it started for me. I don't know about you, Bird. How about, yeah. Where uh, honestly, like- it's a lot simpler than that. Just my dad. He was a gamer. Um, so oh. every Christmas, every time we go over to my grandparents, we had the Commodore 64 set up. How old and is your dad? It, how old is your uh, dad? He's in his 60s. Um, but he was a really gamer. Holy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we had California games, winter yeah. games. We had the old Gus ghostbusters. So me and like, you grew up playing the same games then. Cause that's where I yeah. grew up too. Commodore 64. And, yeah. and that thing still runs to this day. I Damn. still have access to those games, man. They don't make it's them like Christmas they used to. <laughs> to be honest, I, I didn't know if you know this bird, but there's a website that has every Commodore 64 game on it. It's an emulator oh. and it's a web okay. portal. So you can we're play gonna, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get that set Me up and you go go play some games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those titles are so simple and and dude, we so we would get like Super Nintendos and Game Boys for Christmas, you know, when we'd go yeah, over there. Yeah. But guess what? We were always in the back playing the Commodore sixty four. Even nice. with all those new toys. So, nice. Yeah. That's respectable. Yeah. I mean, when you have old reliable, it's you know, Certain yeah. things just don't don't hold candles to it. Like I know we all have that one game we compare every other game to, even if it's not in the same fucking genre. You're like, this isn't yeah, as yeah. fun as you know this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's funny how nostalgia plays such a role in that kind of stuff. So my next question is uh, for Xville. Is there any bit of nostalgia that you carried over as like a little Easter egg? Is there any little thing in there? I don't think it's an Easter egg, and I don't think – it's nostalgia. I don't think it's an Easter egg. It's definitely the Delta Force 2, the idea that you have this organic environment that can kind of evolve. It was really really like the origins of immersive scenario creation, co-op, single player, like not only PvP but co-op as well, single player. The idea of just giving somebody a sandbox and letting them play with it, none of the games did that. And Delta Force 2 really just like – almost pioneered the idea that there could even be a sandbox that you could play with. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, that for me is the element I bring over. And I told you I'm an agent of chaos. So, so that just feeds right into it. Yeah. Whenever I'm thinking game design, I'm like, okay, how can I make the player not know what to expect? Right. And that is one of my pillars. As a game dev, Mm -hmm. what would be your proudest accomplishment? that you've been able to implement in the game, whether it be some kind of like reactionary thing, a map quality, even like a gun, like what would be your favorite thing that you've implemented into Xville? Oh, for Xville or in general, like any game ever that you've worked on. Hmm. They have this, like, you know, there's this developer high. We talk about a lot internally where like you get, you put a feature in, and it works so well, and it like really dovetails with whatever you're building, and you get high off of it. 
you get super ripped. And for like a day, you're just like, yeah, I fucking, I killed it. I now, owned it. Is this like it, right? an Indica high or is this a sativa? No, 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 no. This is just <laughs> like, like, dude, this I is fucked life. that up. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> this is life, motherfucker. This is just like, life is fucking good. Um, so there's a, been a, there's a lot of those highs. Right. But I would, I would say it's probably like kind of early to midway through squad. Probably when we launched the vehicles. Um, oh, the vehicles are so cool in that game. In squad, yeah, because it was like it was something that not many people were doing. A lot of games were finding challenging. We had we had well, promised it, can be it. game breaking, just like we talked oh, it, about, it, like just the grenadier class vehicles. Yeah. I mean, if they're not done right, yeah. like if you made it Abrams, like Abrams tanks really are. Nobody's yeah. stopping that shit. Those things bounce RPGs off of them like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, how yeah. do you stop this fucking thing? Yeah. I think just I think just having implemented that and getting the company to that point right. was probably a, a really big achievement. Like I'll never look back on that with a bad eye at all. Like it's that's that was like almost unachievable. In fact, we received a letter early on in Squad's development from a former developer we had worked with in Project Reality, if you're familiar with it. I've heard um, of it. I've never played it. was the precursor it. to yeah, it was the precursor to Squad and uh-huh. it was it was a mod based off of uh Battlefield 2. Um so one of the guys we'd worked with sent us a long letter telling us all the reasons we would fail. What a dick. Yeah. Like not to be and mean, it, but like what a oh, fucking asshole. And you know what? Some of, some of his points were valid, but it doesn't mean they couldn't be overcome. And so, you put that to pen and paper too. That's one in, thing to like ex- call somebody up and to he, like physically well, write he, it out. He was definitely on the spectrum too, so it was okay. in detail. It was in detail. I'm just picturing like him there with like a pen and ink quill. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it was because we had we had tried to commercialize the idea of Project Reality about four times. Right. And it it had always failed. The teams that they put together, I was not I was actually part of almost every single team. I was not leading those teams, but I was part of each of these efforts to commercialize the product. Um, and it failed. And when we decided to do it the last time where it succeeded, uh, not all those people were part of that process because to be honest, a lot of them were the reasons the other iterations failed. So we we took a small team and we said we said we're gonna not do what we've already done three times and failed. I mean that We're kind gonna of do fits it into the definition like the whole thing of insanity. You're doing the yeah. same thing with the same no, like sometimes you got to mix exactly it up. what was happening. Yeah. So we're like okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to set a hard deadline. We're not going to bring some of the key people on who are really the negative part, or the negative part of the experience. We're going to set ourselves a deadline of one year. We had to have a working prototype ready to launch in a year. So that was potentially our goal. spicy question: Was this Uh-oh. person who wrote you this this letter was this guy part of the problem? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He would. He would come into the team meetings in the previous ones and tell us why we were not going to be successful. After he sent the letter, he would also pop in and be like, Oh no, no, this was this was I'm saying the other iterations that we oh, tried okay. to do before, the earlier right. ones. He was part of some of those. Now, did he they, ever provide a solution or was it always just Oh no, absolutely say? not. I think it's even better. I think I've talked to my other main partner with this a couple of times. In right. retrospect, that was the best letter we ever got. Do you because frame, did I you frame every it? time no, he still has it though, I believe. It's a, you know, it was a digital email, but uh every time I needed fuel for the fire in, in my heart. I yeah. thought about that letter and I was no. like, yeah, not today for not today, fella. Was there <laughs> a 
a retraction letter when you made it work? Was there an of apology? Course of course not. No. Never heard from him again. <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm all he, good. It made, made you better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, probably that is, one guy who's never really like he he knows it's good, but he will never acknowledge it. Anytime anyone asks you, like game sucks, he's probably that guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And oh. it was like you know, like I said, it was actually quite an objective letter. It wasn't like it wasn't just a mean letter. It was very objective, but it was very uh, gloomy. It was right. very pessimistic, but right? it was biased. Like you can be objective. Oh, obviously biased. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like you, you can present a point, but like you can have pathways of like, right. I don't know. Like I, my whole thing is, if you, if there's something wrong, mm-hmm. try to present a way to fix it. Because if you sure. just like, oh, there's that's fucked, without like what you would do to fix said problem, yeah, just yeah, complain yeah. It. Like, what are you accomplishing? Just- I think I think one of the key arguments from him is that you for the scale of game that we were trying to build you need to be a professional to build that. And we proved him absolutely wrong. So that's okay. We in my mind I'm like he's he's right where he was thinking. But right. he he maybe underestimates the power of will. Right. Of people that just learn and and I do mean, things and make things happen, right? There's a lot of people out there who aren't, you know, quote unquote vetted who do amazing things absolutely made amazing things yeah. like look at like look at old timey army you got some fucking 16 year old who made some crazy shit out of a slab of marble you're like yeah, yeah this guy's not a fucking master but like holy shit look at that like we will we will make yeah. a game out of xfil that some larger studios would never be able to achieve because they would never take the risk right which yeah. is another awesome thing about being yeah. in the position you guys are in is you can mm-hmm. take those risks. We can you take can... all the risks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck. If you want to implement aliens or it's crazy shit in the game, there's nothing stopping you. There's nobody. Who, there's nobody you're answering to who's going to give you that oh. Jurassic Park. Ah, ah, ah. You don't have to. Worry yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Only rational thought is going to stop us. That's it. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, yeah. Damn yeah, you, yeah. rational thought. Damn you. <laughs> Let me sink into chaos. Right. <laughs> so, next question. Xfil as a game currently in PC. Now, later iterations when things develop, let's say everything's mm-hmm. successful, is this a game that you would want to bring to the console world, or do you think it wouldn't work well for that setting and for controls? Because you know, keyboards, you have yep. lots of buttons, mouse, you have lots of control. Do you think, think it wouldn't carry over well to console? I think not only is it ideal for console, I think it's designed as a gateway drug as i already suggested right console is the very place it should go right i think it's like if we can prove it on pc that at least in my mind it is a natural like gaming gateway drug to to hardcore milsim that and accessibility too because it's like in the movie industry when a movie gets rated r they hate that because that means less people are going to be able to watch the movie less eyes less money Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know the exact breakdown, but I know a lot more people own consoles than they do PCs just because of the yep, price yep. point of a PC, just because of like, you know, yep. people are afraid to build it, mm-hmm. all that other stuff if you don't go pre-build, whereas, you know, a console just right out of the box problem, send it back to Microsoft or Sony and they fix it. Everything's cool. Yep. So that would be awesome from a financial standpoint for the wider base. Yeah, As you definitely. said, it's a gateway. 
Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's less important about the money and more important about this thing serving its or delivering its right. message, which yeah, is the well, just taking money out of it, just getting the most yeah. people to play your product as possible. I, again, I, I think yeah. it's even not even that. It's it's the it delivering its message, which is True. here is what Milsim gaming can be, and right. you've never experienced it, but we're gonna give it to you, and you're gonna fucking want more of it. You're gonna be like, is there more of that? And we're gonna be like, yeah, and it's even harder. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> go play Arma, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, but it's not it's not too crazy though. Where I think it's gonna scare people away. No, I not think at all. It's, no. I, we we kind of threw around this term in the beginning of it when I first started bringing my team out because we weren't super serious like Arma, mm-hmm. like with callouts and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it was fun, so we've just kind of thrown the term around. Serious fun. Like serious fun, kind of yeah, been yeah. a staple for us, so. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. you're gonna get those people who are gonna hard sweat it. You're gonna get those people oh, yeah. who are gonna oh, be yeah. like, "This is my weekend yeah. game. I play with my yeah. friends, the weekend mm-hmm. warriors." Like it has the flexibility to appeal to both, which is great. That's because, the goal. Yeah. But there's always that risk of straddling a fence, right? Like, yeah, if you got yeah. one foot in this camp and one foot in the other camp, it means you don't have two feet in one genre so we're we're definitely conscious of that and we're, we're trying to be as careful as we can but that's the beauty of having a small team in an active discord is you can see those problems and those mm-hmm. complaints yep. as they come up and you can address as needed and whereas even, bigger studios just be like oh it's out fuck it well we even at, an econ- at a level of economics and scale we can afford to sit in a niche right Whereas a big studio absolutely cannot. They cannot right. afford to sit in a niche as small as Squad used to be, for example. Yeah, and we can do that all day. We could do that for years. We could sit in a niche and develop. You know, we'd be absolutely fine. We don't have the overhead of a AAA studio. Right. We have none, actually. <laughs> have, our, our overhead is this high. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. like server costs, that's right. it. Yeah. So from a working standpoint, if you had to put like a ballpark on how many hours have gone into the development of this game. What would you, what would you guess? And I know it's probably going to be something that's going to be hard to quantify in your head, but just give me your best estimate. I'll give you a calculator calculation. We do love the math here on the comms. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, I might not look it, but I made it through calculus three. Oh yeah. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Shit sucks. I would say if you want hours, I say I would say I'm I'm pretty comfortable with saying five to six thousand hours. Okay, that's a that's a hefty yeah. amount. And how many years would you say Xfil has been in the oven? So the first line of code is three years old, so about three years, and then the recent recent iteration is about like Xfil as in its current form. 12 months, 12 months, okay. 12, 12, 12 to 14 months. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Yeah. I ask, cause I always get people who listen, who are in the modding community mm-hmm. who want to make that jump to game devving. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they, they're not sure on like what the real commitment is. And I'm sure you've experienced that too, where you hear people with like these very grandiose ideas of what oh, they're yeah. going to do and ideas, what they're going to make. Yeah, yeah. And their time frame <laughs> is not always, Realistic. realistic to put it nice. Yeah, yeah to to speak to that very easily we thought squad was gonna take three years and it took seven 
So that gives you some perspective. Right. And that's a well-funded team. Like we, we squad had cash always. We had runway, more the runway than we needed. Right. So, so we were not on a project yeah. like that. How afraid were you that the pug, like the plug was going to get pulled? Was that ever like a well, real in what threat? respect? What do you mean? Like they were just going to be like, we've wasted too much time and too much money. Who, we're going to move who's on the, to the who's next they? Thing. Who's they? Like investors or like, no, was that we ever had, a no, we were complete. Oh, you were completely, completely independent. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were all so, self-funded and independent. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That so you we never didn't had have to work days. under that gun. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, I'll tell you the truth. As Again, as an agent of chaos, I don't do well in corporate. Um, it doesn't work for me, uh, especially HR. HR can suck a fat one. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. So <laughs> I've never, I don't think I could work on those constraints. I don't think I could. Yeah. I have a few friends I went to school with. Like I, I grew up in Santa Cruz. We're right next to Silicon Valley tech companies. Yeah, a lot yeah, of them yeah. work for those big corporate gaming studios. Yeah. And they can't even talk to me on a podcast because like to work right. there they have to sign an NDA. Yeah. And yeah. but they you know, they tell me like, you know, on, on recording off the record about the like the timelines and the stress and the gun yeah, that they're yeah. under. And it's mm. just like it totally makes sense why you get games like a Madden where they put it one out every year and it's like yeah. very little change has occurred. Yeah. Yeah. And from a player base, you don't understand like, why, why is this the same game we just got mm-hmm, until you know that like back end thing. So that's super cool that you've never had to work under those time constraints, those under the gun, high stress fortunately, scenarios. Fortunately. Yeah. To yeah. address a, a longstanding community. Uh, what's the word? Like uh, superstition. I would say that's an accurate word. We brought in Tencent as investors uh, almost four or five years ago. Um, They have been the best partners we've ever had. Uh, If anybody has an opportunity to work with Tencent, do it. And when you they, say that, do you mean like from an understanding, from a support? Like how are like how all are they of the above? With? All of the above. They are there for. They are a very smart strategic investor. Okay. Uh, they are not there to like people say things like you know Tencent influences the outcomes in projects and games. Never ever once have <laughs> I been in any meeting with Tencent and they have influenced any of the outcomes. The only time I've ever heard anyone talk never like that, happened. Like shadow government shit. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I mention it because I'm tired of it. Like, I've, I, I'm a firsthand experience and I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, those guys have been nothing but solid gold and they have never in any way, shape, or form influenced our company policy and never even asked to. They've right. never asked to. They're a strategic partner with it's almost like living in a walled garden that is like well i would say the one thing you're probably never getting out of the walled garden (laughs) once you take them on as an investor but man is it ever a nice place to live (laughs) it's like so at least your fishbowl is beautiful that's what you're saying yeah i just i just love that discussion because people have this belief that there's like they're putting hooks in the games and stuff and i'm like absolutely well, not you leave gamers to their own devices and they'll they'll come up with some pretty oh, crazy I theories i just think I'm it's, sure it's so it's so persistent right now because they also own a big portion of unreal right right they own 45 percent of epic games so everybody believes that the unreal engine is watching them you know oh no like, <laughs> 
put on the tinfoil hats. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how big a tinfoil hat do you want? <laughs> a 10-gallon? Now, yeah, with your guys, you guys probably noticed with some communities, there there tends to be that like tinfoilness of what's coming up next. Like you see it in Tarkov with like not nice guy and the sons of soon where they just speculate the craziest <laughs> shit. And then yeah. the player base gets mad when said shit doesn't Ooh. happen. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Is that something that you guys have like seen happen with the Xville community at any point? Has anyone come up with any crazy speculation or do you guys just address it right from the plate? Like, no, that's not. I think the big, uh, I already mentioned it, but the big thing is the the scavenging aspects of a lot of modern games. That's not what Xville is about. You don't go in there as a special operator and scavenge things. Like that's just not militaries. Don't do that. They don't go in and scavenge. So you might get some opportunistic scavenging of like, things like that but that's the one that comes up constantly people are like okay so what can i loot for we're like nothing you can't loot for anything and they're like i don't get it so what do i do you play the game yeah, with your you team in order to win <laughs> like you know yeah. so you you can you- pick up like mags and nades and and med yeah, kits yeah. off of yeah. people you kill but that, that's about it yeah, yeah, nobody's I just running around a with a example. GPU up their ass, you know, like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing I just that? find that so funny because people are there's it's almost an expectation, right, from a certain audience right. of gamer. Um, so that is a good good one where they're just like, I don't get it. So right. what do I do? It's like you win with your friends. <laughs> right. right. But I want to yeah. find Funko Pops or like yeah, you know, it's like statues. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a W and that's your reward. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Imagine one of your teammates who's just like, "Oh, I need to go get this loot part real quick over here," and then they just go <laughs> off on their own while you're like, "All right, well, what about the intel? Like, yeah. Who's watching?" Yeah, it's like that's six? a different. That's a different game called Tarkov. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. go play Tarkov. See, yeah, that's I mean, that's the annoying thing of operating that space too. Is like I remember when Marauders came out, everyone was just like, "Oh, it's Tarkov, space Tarkov, space Tarkov, yeah, space yeah. Tarkov." Is just like they're. No, I heard it too. Not at all. I heard it too. It's yeah. like they're nothing like that. Like, yes, yeah. there is a little bit of looting, but the guns are completely <laughs> different. The setting is completely different. The X filling is completely different. Like it couldn't be more different. But yet they still incurred all of that. Now, are you guys incurring some of that carryover too? Some of that, like you know that relation where people are like, Oh, it's like that, but slightly different. Like you guys catching that. What would you say? I think, I think the whole thing with the, uh, being an extraction shooter, that's kind of, I think what people are associating, um, because we are extracting with Intel, but it's not loot. So it's, I think people kind of get confused when they see extraction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's almost like we, we need to like, it's, it's, it's just, Here's the truth. It's kind of bad luck that we named the game a year ago Xville because now Xville is in the last 12 months has become highly associated with looter shooter games, which yes. was we, we were thinking much more in a Milsim aspect 12 months ago. We're like, well, what do we what's the core thing we do in the game? We Xville. Great. Let's call it Xville. Right. And now there's like game modes called Xville in the last 12 months have come out in a so, Call of Duty and stuff like that, right? So we're like, well, shit. So when this game fully releases mm-hmm. and you put it out on a thing like Steam, let's say you could only pick one tag for it. Which tag would it be? Would it be under a Milsim? Would it be under an FPS? Or would it be under a looter shooter extractor? 
if you had to give it one tag. What do you think? Mm. Tactical team shooter. Tactical team shooter. Is that a tag? I don't it know. Can't be for, I mean, it's a hypothetical <laughs> question. So, if I, yeah, why the fuck not? That, that that fits, you know. So, for me, it would be Mills. <sighs> it's a hard one. It's a hard question. It gets, here's the problem. The tag would get too long, but it would be something like military infantry sandbox. Well, the, they, they just make that like I am IMS yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The new new genre called military right. sandbox. But obviously, I mean, we're focused on infantry. To be fair, I'm surprised that's not already won because it feels like the military. Well, sandbox, sandbox is. Yeah, sandbox, sandbox is. is right. So I would say, from my point of view, sandbox. And most of the most games do kind of have military like. Like when I think sandbox, guns. they have guns. I think E. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think games where there's like you know military components to it. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of games that are coming out that are kind of like yeah, it's a sandbox, but this is like strictly military. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's to see essentially that what we're come kind out. of thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I guess I heard like even Halo. I've never played with the Halo editor, but uh, I heard it had a really good scenario editor and game mode editor in Halo or Halo Two, and that was that's very much channeling the same thing that we want to do and it had a long life because of it yeah you know there was hundreds of scenarios and game modes you could play well then halo had the luxury of being a lot of people's nostalgic game you know yeah 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 it was you know that was it was like the xbox flagship that yeah, that, yeah, that went yeah. a long way to its mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like you look Absolutely. at other games that kind of came around at that time like haze nobody fucking talks about haze yeah. anymore yeah. That's just, that was the xbox never played right? it yeah yeah that was a weird one there was like this weird pollen that was like a drug and you're like a soldier and then you realize like you're the bad guy kind of thing or you're oh. fighting for the bad guys and like this drug is making you <laughs> see things that aren't really there it's you like oh haze, man. Yeah, I got haze, bro. Yeah, I got the haze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. You want to smoke some haze? Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I got a quarter yeah. ounce of haze in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So it's definitely it's funny to see how mm. things have gone. So with all everything said and done, are there any games within a game that you say that you would accidentally have created? With the with the creation of Expo, like you already said, like the drone thing, like you could have like drone races as like a mini. I was just gonna say that, dude. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, like a training map or a training course, you know, because there is competitive drone racing out there. And those oh, I, I, I already have. I've already told you my dream, Big Bird. I want a Rambo game mode, where one oh. guy spawns in the middle of the map and all he has is a knife, and everybody else spawns around the edge of the map to hunt him. Does he get a red bandana too? Yep. Oh yeah. And he's got, and he's got to take his knife and probably go kill an NPC to get some weapons or something. But the only objective of the game mode is all those operators are trying to kill Rambo. Love it. So whoever kills Rambo gets the W, right? And Rambo's and just got to survive. Yeah, you yeah. can make them look like small town cops, like that one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just having that one Rambo guy and him knowing that everything on the map is gunning for him. I think right. it would just be a riot. It would just be a riot of a game mode. So another fun one is you could you could throw Predator in there. Like you'd have one I, guy. I was Predator. thinking the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, uh, Roberto had programmed before. The reason that it came to mind is he had programmed before a system so that you could climb trees. And I was Ooh. like, oh, Rambo, give him a bunch of traps, let him climb trees, but nobody else. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine you're Climbing just sitting up trees. this tree, dude. And these guys are walking around below you in the forest. And they don't see you. And you're just like, I'm Rambo. That would be a designated marksman's wet dream. 
to be able to climb trees because nobody looks up. They're like dogs on to the dead. Nobody looks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had this silly thing in Project Reality where you could throw because it was from Battlefield, I think. You could throw a grappling hook. Oh yeah, they t- right. it was in a Battlefield Special Forces um, DLC. I remember they had that a grappling hook. hook. Yeah, the, well, they had a they had one that was like a rope you could slide on, but they also had this grappling hook, and you could just throw it up stuff and then climb it. So that came into Project Reality, and we ended up giving it. I think we ended up giving it to the civilians in Project Reality, so that they could like go places that no other players could go. Right. But the idea of what we ended up doing with that in Project Reality is, I put tree stands on some of the maps, and they were right. hidden all over the map. And then guys would grapple hook up to the tree stand with their SKS and like sit there hunting the whole round, right? So yeah, you, that that stuff just emerges, right? Well, that's the cool thing about uh, like the battlefield being a living environment is people occupied yeah. that space before said conflict. So there might be a, yep. be a hunting a stand stands, there. There might stands. be yeah, some yeah. stuff totally. in there. That's something that you could like add to a map. Like, oh, this yep. tree stand's mm-hmm. never here, but it's here right now. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. Things yep. like that. I, lo- I love that stuff, yeah. So go- touching on like the Milsim thing, have you guys implemented anything or thought about implementing – like if one of your guys goes down, that you have to carry him to Xville. Have you guys like implemented that or thought? We, t- talked, we about talked about that? we talked about healing. We've definitely talked about that, a eh, bird. Like being able to yeah. bring a guy back up. I don't know if it would make sense. To, well, here's the premise. The premise is there's four teams going in there, so they must be like either special forces from a particular country or private military contractors. Right. Definitely. This is very black ops kind of mission. There's no budget. Nobody knows that this is going on. Our assumption is absolute denial. And if a guy goes down, he never existed kind of thing. Right. So it's like, I don't know if they're trying to drag their buddy to the exfil, but one thing we are going to incentivize, especially from like a competitive game mode point of view is getting multiple guys in the heli at the extract. If right. you can actually keep your squad alive and get them to the exfil, that should be like the ultimate W. Right. If you get two or three or four guys in there and you get the intel, like you, that's master level, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now, I think, yeah. With helicopters, have, have you guys talked about dust offs for like medevacs, things like that too, or no? Yeah, again, I don't think it makes sense in the context because this is pretty short, right? Like the local forces are coming in. They know you're there. They're about to kick your ass. Right. You don't really have time. No, you don't have time to call on multiple birds. This is a mission where the clock is ticking. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the idea. Totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. See, The average game match time that we've been finding is around like 20, 25 minutes. Right. Yeah. It's been kind of the the key thing so to what keep is, things moving. What is the average load time waiting for a map to start? Like, you know, you get your you get your squad, like you get your load, load out. The map? Like yeah, to load the map, find other players to get everything going. Because, you know, in some games, that's been a big complaint. Oh. Be like, oh, yeah, in this game, it takes like up to 15 minutes to like, you know, get everything loaded up and ready to go. And then you get other ones where it's like almost instantaneous. So where would you say you guys are sitting currently with that? instantaneous i guess instantaneous. Yeah. that's yeah. awesome yeah mm-hmm. there's nothing you just get in the game and play Perfect. that's what i'm talking about accessibility right you say so you bring your four you bring your four te- four man team there's four teams you can play it however you want but there's right. up to four teams so you just bring your four man team and go See, ready to go so the next thing i hate bringing mm-hmm. this up because but this has been one of the dominant damn it. talking points <laughs> is cheating 
Oh, yeah. Now, how are you guys prepared to deal with the potential of somebody bringing that aspect into your game? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, like no matter what game you talk about, fucking dark and darkers even got it. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, people yeah. people cheat in Fall Guys. <laughs> it's, it feels like nowhere think, is safe. I think the only reliable safety right now is easy anti cheat through yeah. Epic Games. So that's we'll implement EAC. Uh, it worked for Squad. Maybe Squad has never attracted the cheaters because again, you're not grinding for loot or anything. Right. It, mm-hmm. You're you're just getting a win with teamwork. So how do you cheat teamwork? Right. Like, exactly. you can't. Um, there is another element, though, where we have a session. So it's already built into Unreal. This is like more of a technical discussion, but it's already built into Unreal. But there's an ability in Unreal to record sessions. Oh, that's so sick. it's it's not a replay. It's not like a re, like a it's a recreation of the actual session. So you could actually record a match. Hi there. Oh, what happened to your eye? Oh, she's got a lazy eye, so she wears a little patchy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shiny's on? Shiny's on? Nice. Yeah, she's watching Moana, you know, the crab, the the shiny. That's her favorite (laughs) one. So anyway. Yeah. I was sorry. I was gonna finish that point. Now I forgot what it was. What was it, Bird? <laughs> what was my point? God damn it, children! So I have. Yeah. Oh, don't wake up your sister. Um, I don't remember oh. what the question was. Now forget it. Oh, it's a technical oh, it's all... discussion. Was that? Yeah. You can rec- you can record the session. So, um, if you were doing a tournament or something like that, we can actually produce a one-to-one recording of the entire session. Nice. And you can you can go in there in a camera, like a flying camera, and you can rewatch the entire match. You can scrub it. You can t- go to any time point point on the timeline. So you could actually post match qualify cheaters and catch them. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. She's crazy. She's cute. So with the with with the potential of a tournament. So with that, that would be really cool. But with something like that, would you have to have like a free cam for casters or how would you work with the camera aspect of that? Yeah, we already we already have it in game. We already have an admin awesome. and free camera. So it's already I, I know. Oh, nice. Um, I've already been down. You know, I've been been down that road before with other games and squad and stuff. So uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, little cutie. Yes, you woke her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I've already been down that road before, so we we've right. already started creating those tools. Awesome. Yeah, the the admin tools are that are already starting. The spectator tools are already there. You can just have somebody join your server and mark them as a spectator, and they can just watch. That's awesome. Like, you know, they can just be a fly on the wall and fly fly around. So. So when you guys get to the point of running tournaments, are you going to like reach into the community for casters? Are you guys going to have people who worked on the game cast? Like what is your idea for rolling that out? That's a bird question. Yeah. So we've actually already started reaching out to casters. And if you're listening to this and you're interested, definitely reach out to me. Um, We've got a couple of events in the works right now. No, no dates yet, um, and they're not really official events. These are people that organize professional tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, esports teams, that sort of thing. So, if you're into casting, refing, 
um, doing that sort of thing, definitely reach out. I think, I think ideally awesome. we're looking, we're looking for people who want to run the uh, run end or participate in the tournament scene to basically take it. We want to provide the sandbox. We don't want to be the ones running the tournament side as much. Right. So you're, well, you guys have your players. plate full. You're doing all sorts of other exactly, stuff. Right? Exactly. 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 So. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like what evasion does for Tarkov. It'd be cool to see a team Right. Like you know, build organically and exactly. run that for you guys. Exactly. Yeah. So and we'll support them. Like yeah. we'll oh, we'll absolutely. we'll back that up for sure. Yeah. Okay. One second. So we're yeah. getting close to our time constraint. Sure. So at this mm-hmm. time is your guys's time to say whatever it is you guys would like, whether it is to you know talk about the community, thank somebody, talk about things that are about to implement in the game. The floor is yours to say whatever it is you guys would like to say. Well, I've already ranted about Tencent. That's that was the one that I had to deliver. So, <laughs> so ranted in a positive way. But right, um, anything from you, Bert? Uh, I just want to give a shout out to you know all the testers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Since day one, you know the excitement and energy that's been delivered in this process has been over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, People are committed to, you know, helping the game. And I think that's a rare thing. And I cherish that. So I just want to make sure, you know, everybody's. Sounds like she's sawing the table. Oh, she, uh, she's, she's got like this little toy thing that's usually for a sandbox. And then she's like running up against. She's like, look what uh, I can do. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> thank God for post edits with audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree, Bird. Like thanking everybody in the community and the the like excitement that people have and kind of understanding the vision, even though we haven't laid it out really clearly yet, like a hundred percent. Right. That's that's a big one. Absolutely. Yeah. And and definitely check out our new Discord. We got we got our new mm-hmm. Discord up and going. Um, swing by and join up and get if you're interested in helping out or testing definitely let us know we're gonna put all the links for the discord we're gonna put the links for all your guys' stuff in the description of the episode if you guys want to check out xville if you want to join the discord give everything a shot just scroll down click the link and i'm sure they'd be more than happy to have you guys' input if you have anything to add or talk about Mm -hmm. the game like because you guys said you're super active in it and everything it said on discord gets addressed in a timely manner we're on i'm literally we're on the discord almost 24 hours a day seven days a week so if you want to come chat with us in person knock yourself out awesome well with that being said i would like to take this time to thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy weekend to come over here and talk to a complete stranger about your guys's pet project your child these things are a labor of love they're not easy to put out so anytime i see these things i love to support them especially yeah, when they're active in communities because like i said i think we've all had our hearts broken by a triple game studio at yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good way to describe it right our hearts broken right yeah. and with that being said i'm gonna go cry i'm yet <laughs> nobody this has been Castle Comms episode 111. Once again, we've had the pleasure of speaking to Big Bird and Iron Taxi, a.k.a. Chris. So why don't you guys go outside and smoke and or touch some grass, and we'll catch you next time on the comms. <laughs>